This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. And I am your survival guide. Thank you for listening. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Do appreciate it very much if you're listening to a replay of this program. Thank you so much for doing that as well. We do appreciate it. This is a live show today, though. We're December the 16th, heading into the Christmas uh, holiday season, not that far away. And there's been some things in the news of late that I brushed up on or I talked a little bit about in last week's program. But I had an opportunity to have a special guest join us today to talk about that topic further. Uh, Brian Searcy is joining us. He is actually retired U.S. Air Force Colonel Brian Searcy. Brian, welcome. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me on, John. I appreciate it. Do I call you Brian or Colonel? Either one's fine. I answer to a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're like me. I do as well. Uh, We appreciate you joining us. And as I mentioned a moment ago, I did talk last week, uh, not in depth, and and I, I thought we would be able to have you on, so it worked out fine to, to have you. But the the attacks on power stations, and what I talked about last week, Brian, is just the fact that, you know, to me personally, uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, I don't have any background like you do, but when you look at our grid and you look at the things we have going on, I see lots and lots of vulnerabilities. Am I wrong? No, you are not wrong. Um, if, you know, if you pay attention, if you have situational awareness when you're driving around and you know where your substations are in your area that are powering your where you are right now or where you live and those types of things, you'll see that at the at the most it's protected by a fence, chain link fence. And that obviously did, yeah, and that obviously did nothing to stop the rounds that were fired through the substation where over forty thousand people right. lost power. Now, in that case, we were they were actually very fortunate. The power company had the necessary components to quickly get in there and be able to repair that damage and get the power back up pretty quickly. But what if there's a scenario where they take out five or six substations right, and right. the power company the power company only has enough components and equipment to replace one substation, how long will it take to get new components? And in my, in the article I wrote last week for our content at our program, I talked about a book by Vince Flynn called I'm not sure if you've had a chance to read it, but it's called Total Power. And in that, the power was out for a week and a half, and basic, and af, it was out longer than that, but after a week and a half, basically society started to break down. People yeah. no longer yeah. had water. There was no yeah. sanitation. You couldn't get groceries. You couldn't get gas. You couldn't get money. You couldn't pay your bills. And um, a lot of that is because people just aren't prepared for that type of thing. They don't expect anything like that, that, that to happen. But based on what you said at the beginning of our conversation, it, it's a real threat, both from a physical standpoint but also to the the cyber part of our grid. That's right. And I I had a business for years and years still on the property near it and we had a we had a uh, at the back in the day it was called public service now or Excel Energy out here in Colorado for a lot of the state. I know we've got other, you know, co-ops and so on, but but, but you know, long story short, we had one of their facilities nearby and you know, Brian, what I would look at was how much you know, quote-unquote inventory they would have in regards to, you know, power line poles, transformers, things along those lines. And, you know, it varied throughout the year depending upon what kind of projects they had going on and so on. But where I'm going with this is, to your point earlier, there's not typically, at least in the yard, and this is a fairly fairly good-sized yard. I mean, this handled, you know, all of the Boulder County 
area up up in the north, you know, Denver section that we've got. And this particular uh, plant, if you would, or location for XL Energy, large location, by the way, all their fleet maintenance is done there and so on. Uh, bottom line, to your point, there's not enough inventory in that yard to handle more than maybe one or two, you know, substation repairs. And I doubt if they've got everything they even need to do that. So to your point, the, you know, one of those one of those particular plants is going to get one substation fixed at a time, and that's going to be it. Yeah, and if, if there was a major outage, um, whether it was done because they somebody did a cyber attack on the grid, which could actually be worse. Yes. Um, if, you know, they've had, you know, cyber attacks where they've locked out companies' um, software and, and an inability to do something, holding it for ransom. If they were to do that, but do that and totally destroy it, um, I can't speak to whether the, the power companies have great backup systems. Uh, in Vince Flynn's book, they didn't. Um, and the fact that they are not well interconnected and they don't talk to each other was another problem as Correct. well. Um, but so like it, like we've been talking about, there's two ways that they could do this, and the greater the damage that they do all at one time, that is what big fear that I have, and that's why I want people to be prepared in their homes, whether they and, and that's up to them what prepared is. Right. But here right. we've got a plan in our family. We've got uh, extra generators. We have six months worth of food. We have cash in the safe. You know, there's things that we have done to prepare mm-hmm. us. Uh, we've got the ability to, to cook cook food if we don't have electricity. We store some water, not enough. So that is one of my biggest biggest concerns on what to do going forward. If, mm-hmm. if you know that does, if if that happens. Uh, but it's to figure out and have a plan. And when you're prepared, that's how you overcome fear, and that's how you're able to deal with bad things when they happen. Um, and that's really what I talk about. I use the example of the power grid as, as one of those really bad things that can happen. But a big fear that I have, that not just with what we're talking about here, but it's with active shooter and those types of things, is yeah. you know going after the emergency responders. We saw that a lot in Afghanistan and Iraq where they would injure a few people, the responders would come, and they were the true targets. Uh, you know, one of my big concerns is you've got an yeah. active shooter event. Every law enforcement and emergency responder from 50 miles around shows up, right? And then there's another attack, and now the emergency responders are taken out. The same thing. I'm afraid. I have a fear with something like this. They take out a number of substations. The people that need to fix those substations respond, and then they're targeted. Right. Now what happens when we don't have anybody that has the skills to Correct. be able to repair any damage that is done? No, you bring up a lot of great points, things that I've thought about but probably not as in-depth as you have. And, and Brian, you know, a couple of things along those lines. One, and, and this is something, again, I, I am not in the emergency response end of things, so I don't understand the inner workings. You know, again, from the outside looking in, and we've had some situations in Colorado, as you know, where we've had some of the active shooters and so on. And, again, I'm, I'm not trying to be critical. I, I'm, I'm just looking at this as an observation only. But I, it, it, I guess I get a little dumbfounded at times, Brian, with the amount of responders that show up. And, and I get there's an active shooter. They're trying their best they can to you know, get that subsided and so on. But does it really take four different counties surrounding, a, you know, in our case here recently, we had a King Supers that that happened in. I mean, does it really take four surrounding counties and all the officers from to subdue one shooter in a King Supers? And I get they, they don't know how many are there. But to your point, every one of those first responders is now a sitting duck. Right. And 
it's something that I've talked about for a long time, and it's not just what happened at the King Supers. It's happened pretty much at every shooting that we've had since since Columbine, and it's not just the the you know the county folks and the local police, but all the federal officers arrive as well. True, true. And it's it, it's not just that if I were a terrorist or or a master criminal, which I'm not, um, but if I were, and if I don't want to target all law enforcement, but I want to rob a bank or I want to do something you know, that is fairly extensive, that takes time or, you know, uh, it's wide open, whatever the case may be. I w- would love to have a, a distraction like an active shooter event where Correct. every law enforcement officer in, in the four surrounding counties are there. Within 50 or 60 miles, I can do whatever I want yeah. until such time as those yeah. officers go back. Well, and so you, you, you know, take, you, you know, and again, I, and by the way, for everybody listening, and you all know this, you've heard me say this many, many times, Brian, we are not talking about anything that those type of diabolical individuals and minds and so on haven't already thought of. So there's nothing that we're talking about that, believe me, the other side and the terrorists haven't gone through and thought about anyway. So we're not giving anybody by any means any kind of idea. In fact, in my in my case, Brian, I'm looking at it saying, wait a minute, we should be thinking exactly like them so we can better defend ourselves and fend that off in the first place. And that's that's the part, Brian, I don't think we do a very good job of. But to your point, you literally could do whatever you want to do in a 40, 50 mile radius and, and pretty much, you know, pretty much carte blanche, do whatever you want to, because everybody's going to be at that one location. Right. And the reason I can and to your point, that's exactly right. The bad people that are out there have thought of these things. I think we're just very fortunate that they haven't acted on it yet. And I keep talking about it, and I think you would agree one of the reasons we do talk about it and why your listeners should know about it so they can talk to their uh, gov- local governments, their emergency responders, um, so that they can think about, okay, if something happens, I need to have the people that, are, that I need to have there to respond. Everybody else keep doing your job. That's how we, we do it in the military. Right. You can't. I can't right. tell you how many times when something was happening somewhere and, and – you know, hundreds of people wanted to get in their airplane and go support something that was happening, but it wasn't our responsibility. We had to take care of what we were tasked Great to do, point. no matter what was going on somewhere else. And that's the discipline that seems to be lost out there. And and to your point, they're doing it because they want to help. They want to be there. Right. They, want to, they want to be the one, you know, they run to the gunfire, and we need people like that. And that part of it I love, but the, the more difficult part is to have that discipline and to stay at your post and take care of what you're supposed to take care of so that you can deter something bad happening in your area. Again, we're talking to a retired colonel from the Air Force, Brian Sears. He's also founder and CEO of the Paradis Group. Did I say that correctly, Brian? Yes, sir, you did. All right. And, and real quick, what is the Paradis Group? Yeah, so in 2019, I, I founded the Paradis Group with the focus to be to prevent bad things from happening. Okay. Um, situation awareness is a God-given gift, but less than one in seven people today actually know that they have it and, mm. and certainly don't know how to use it. Mm. So our programs empower people with the habits, the behaviors, and a mindset to learn what normal is around them, to trust that hair in the back of the neck of that gut feeling, and then know what to do about it to prevent something bad from happening. And and ironically, John, when you learn situation awareness and you learn it the way that we talk about it, you also then prepare yourself to respond. There's a lot of people that try to tell people what to do in a different situation. We will never tell somebody what to do because it's important for you to figure out what you're capable of doing. I've right. seen so many times special operators have a great course, and the, the information they present is great, 
that maybe one person out of 20 people in that class can do what they're being asked to do. Um, Each individual needs to figure out what they're capable of doing, and the only way that you do that, again, is to develop the habits and behaviors, learn about yourself, learn what you're capable of doing, and then if there's something that you want to do that you're not capable of doing, you go out and get the training for that. Makes sense. Okay, so are we talking, Brian, you know, walk us through this. I mean, we're ta- are we talking, you know, everything from what your skill sets are to, you know, your ability to handle certain types of, of trauma, stress, things like that? I mean, is it all of the above? Yeah, it's all of the above. Okay. In our program, you learn what situation awareness is, and we talk about all the threats. Okay. Human trafficking, suicide, bullying, all those things that are out there. Because our focus is to educate parents, so parents can educate their kids, so we can prevent the kids from being victims to a lot of, to most of these threats that are going on. We teach the ten critical personal skills that you need to have to have situational awareness. Which, by the way, you need to be successful in life. And unfortunately, today, ninety-two percent of kids yeah. coming out of college yeah. have not developed these skills. Good point. And and then we have a program that's a year long, but we use micro e-learning because we want to consistently reinforce what the content is and the learning and the development of the habits and the behaviors. That's how we're different than most other programs. It's a one-hour one hour class, maybe great information, but you're going to forget 95% of what was in that program mm-hmm. a week later. Sure, sure. We're, we're focused on establishing those habits and behaviors, so it's something that you practice for, for, your, for your life. But even more than that, it's a contagious behavior, and that's how you, you educate your kids and allow them to learn and develop the skill. So when they grow up, they can prevent themselves from being fat, from being victims. And then, oh, by the way, because they've now learned the skill, yep. they've got the skill that they can pass down to their kids. Yeah. Amen. We've got to reverse the trend that's yeah. been going on for the last 40 years. And I'm guessing, Brian, in, in a lot of cases, and I'm not trying to blame any particular you know, uh, item. I, I do think a lot of this is by design, though, as far as where we are societally speaking. That's something we get into on a routine basis. But I, I'm guessing, Brian, in a lot of cases... It's just being aware of where you're at, what's going on, and in some cases, putting away those distractions that can really suck us away and even put us into another world at times to where we're really not paying as much attention as we should be. Am I right? Absolutely. So the devices that we have, uh, kids today spend over 11 hours on their devices on some screen during the day, and and many millennials and Generation Z are not far behind that. Okay. so, so with our program, when they learn and develop situational awareness, and they, they do realize that there are things out there that they need to be aware of, and they have the process, and they learn what normal is, they learn how to use that more as a tool. So we are, we are going both ways there. But the other thing that we really work on with our program is to empower parents to watch the usage of their kids. You see, when parents don't have situational awareness and they're not paying attention to what their kids are doing, and they haven't thought about what they could do to interact with their kids, they just allow their kids to do whatever it is that they're doing and what you said today that we see on a regular basis. But when we empower parents with situation awareness to see these th- these the things that are going on, the indicators of suicide, the indicators of depression, right. um, the indicators of anxiety, but then more than that, they've thought through how they would deal with it. And oh, by the way, one of the key things that I talk to every parent about is if you've got three kids, you need to parent each of those three kids differently. Yep, that's a fact. And you can't do that if you don't if you don't have situational awareness. <laughs> it is a fact. As you can tell, I've got a little experience on, along those lines, and yeah, I've said that for years. They are not all equal. I mean, they just are not. Each one of those requires a different skill set, even at times, to deal with, and that's male versus female, young, old. I mean, you you know what I mean by that, Brian? It it just it's it's. And by the way, all of you parents listening, you know, I am especially in today's world. I am not envious of you at all, Brian. I 
would not, my youngest is 30. I would not want to raise teenagers today right now, not with everything going on. And I'm like you, my youngest is, is almost 21 and all the way up to, to 31. So, uh, but I, I do see what's going on and I talk to parents all the time and I've had parents, when I tell them that they need to check what's going on in their kids' devices, mm-hmm. they say, nah, I trust my kids. You know, no, you shouldn't. Strategy, and then <laughs> Sorry, you shouldn't. I, say, I mean, I, I say that, yeah. you know, I say that in the nicest way, Brian. It's like, no, you actually shouldn't, because the best way to keep them accountable is to have a level of distrust to make sure that they, they then can be trusted so that they know you're paying attention, which, I, you know, Brian, I found as a parent, when the kids knew you were paying attention, that's when they actually knew you loved them the most. There were times where we even had sort of a thing, you know, back back in the day, we didn't have the devices and things that we have today. But, you know, kids would ask others to, you know, come over and spend the night and do this and do that. And we kind of had this this thing inside of our own family where if you as a child didn't really want to go to that person's house for whatever reason, you could blame that on me, Brian, all day long. And when <laughs> when you came into the you know the group and everybody was kind of there still asking the same question and you kind of got the nod from your child that they didn't really want to go, you just say, yeah, we've got other things going on. That's not going to work tonight or whatever the case may be. Those are the things parents need to be working on all the time. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I can't tell you how many parents I've in our program when, they, when I do a program and I say, okay, do me a favor, just go one time, look and see what your parents are, what your kids are looking at. And invariably I get most of them coming back with the response. I can't believe what my son or daughter was looking at on, on their phone, looking at on the computer or what kind of texts they were getting. Mm-hmm. I had one parent president of a bank who was looking at the texts on his son's um, phone at night and found out that, his son was being cyberbullied via text at school. So uh, they were able to get help to their son that if they had not done that yeah. and that, that bullying had gone on, who knows what kind of mental health state their son might have been in, in four to six months yeah. and potentially what he might have been thinking of doing. Amen. In my notes, you've got something, and this is something that I, I guess I just sort of do it naturally. I don't know why. I, probably, Brian, the way I was raised, you know, I had a father that's very big on you know, just situational awareness, what's going on, paying attention, what's happening, being savvy. That's what he used to always say. Guys, you got to be savvy. you got to watch what's going on around you and so on and so forth. And in my notes, you've got spend 30 to 45 seconds every time you enter a new environment to predict what might go on or what, you know, what people might do in different situations and then think of those possible actions. I, I guarantee you, Brian, 1% or less do that. Yeah, it starts with stop, look, and listen, and... I have a five-step process that I've adapted from a process from the military. It's identify, assess, predict, decide, and act. And hopefully you only have to do those first three. So you stop, look, and listen, and you identify, is there anything in here right now that's making the hair on the back of my neck or mm-hmm. giving me a gut feeling? Right. If there isn't, then you assess. Can I sit so my back's not to the door? Where are the exits? Do they have cameras? Do the bathroom doors lock? These types of things. Right. And then you predict, okay, if something happens today, what would I do based on what I'm capable of doing? Mm-hmm. And if I'm with my kids, if I'm with my wife, um, you know, those types of things. As that changes, you know, I, 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 thank you for saying that because that does change things because, you know, your first, you know, at least for me, the first rule then is I'm protecting them. Not that I don't care about everybody else in the room, but my first rule, is, as far as I'm concerned, is to protect them, Brian. And I'm very fortunate in our family that if my wife is with me with her kids, they all know what to do. They're going to seek cover. Perfect. Um, and if I know that they can get to cover, then I will do what there I go. have decided that I would do. And to your point, if I have to protect my family, I, you know, but the next step for me is to, is to you know, 
how do I win this fight? Of course. How do I stop this from happening? And ideally with our program, what we are working to instill is that left of bang, that prevention. So if somebody walks in that sets the hair up on the back of my neck, I want to try and do something before it gets to a point where it's threatening. Is there okay. a way to de-escalate the situation? Um, do I move my family out of that area? Mm. Um, so there's a whole mm. host. But it, the, the key here, and I know you know this because you've already talked about it, if, if you haven't thought about what you would do, you won't be able to do anything. And it's all you'll be able to do is panic, potentially run, or you will be frozen. And that is not how we want people to be prepared to yeah. keep themselves and their family safe. And that's what it takes is that is that preparation. Yep. Um, that's so right. That's that's what we focus on. Well, and what I will say and add to that too, Brian, and and, and people that have listened to me for any length of time know that you know know this about me. I, we're not saying all of this to frighten anyone into you know not leaving their home and going out in public and so on it's just the opposite brian the more trained they are the more ability they have to do the things that you're talking about and that you train on the more confidence they have that they can go out and do whatever they want to and overcome pretty much anything that comes their way when you get to that point life becomes a lot more fun by the way well absolutely and and it's a true it's an absolute fact that those people that look prepared that are paying attention are much less likely to be a victim because yeah. the, the predators that's that are right. out there want the easy mark. They that's want the right. Easy victim. Great point. So when you're paying attention, when you see somebody from far away, you've already thought about what you're going to do. The chances of you being a victim dramatically go up. And I, here's the other thing that we talk about in all of our programs: the more people that learn and develop this skill, that have the empathy and desire to want to help take responsibility for the safety of our communities, when we start paying attention to what's going on around us to seeing moms and kids that are out paying attention to make sure there's no threats coming their way, that's how we are going to make a difference in our communities and in, in our country. Mm-hmm. That's how we're going to take it back, and that's how we're going to empower you know, everybody in yep. the United States to remember how great this country is Amen. and to you know, fight and stand up for what we believe. Amen. How do folks find you, your program, all of that, Brian? Uh, it's uh, www.paratus.group, and that's P-A-R-A-T-U-S. Or they can send me an email directly at Brian, that's B-R-I-A-N, at paratus.group. Okay, paratus.group. I'm putting this all in our notes. We'll get this up on our website a little bit later tonight and put it in with our links that we've got as well. And, and again, you are you're in great company. You're welcome anytime, Brian. I mean, I do this for an hour each Friday from 2 to 3. I've got, of course, our daily show that we do every day from 3 to 6. It's a little different format than, than this. This is really, you know, again, I, I, my desire is, like you, to have people prepared. I say prepared for the what-ifs of life, not, you know, necessarily the end-of-the-world stuff, but, you know, everything from, you know, we just had a big, huge blizzard in eastern Colorado. A lot of folks have still, right now, as we're talking, they are they are locked in. They can't leave. You know, they're, they're in, getting, in some cases, Brian, they're to the point where they're running out of some of the necessities to even live life on a on a you know on a daily basis and those sorts of things the trucks aren't running the highways are closed and so on i mean those things can happen and and again i'm not talking about just end of the world stuff there's things that happen on a daily basis that we have to be prepared for oh absolutely and hope is not a strategy um that is something that i i say on a regular basis and i love a quote from bruce lee where he said he would much rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Yeah. And so yeah. that's what we're talking about. It's, it's having the skills and having a plan, actually having numerous plans yeah. of, of what you would do when the hair on the back of your neck goes off or you get that gut feeling. Or, you, you know, I, I got so frustrated during the riots 
that were here in Dallas and were up in the Northwest a couple years ago where people just didn't pay attention to what was going on. They would get in their car and drive right down into the middle of the rioting that was happening, and they became a victim. You know, we have the ability to keep ourselves and our families safe, but we need people to learn and develop the skill that, unfortunately, for the last 40 years hasn't been practiced. So our focus at the Protest Group, my mission is to is to educate people on this God-given gift, help them learn and develop how to use it to make themselves and their families safe. All right, before I let you go, one last thing, because it's on your website. The book, Prepare for the Real World, I, I can see they can buy that there. Talk about the book for just a moment, Brian. Yeah, the book is just meant to be an introduction and something that it's a working journal. It's not stories. It's We introduce what is situa- what situational awareness is. We introduce the 10 critical personal skills, and then we talk about how you use and your practice, your process. And okay. when I wrote the book a year ago and used that title, I never envisioned that it would be this much less safe just one year later uh, from when I, when I wrote the book. So, um, you know, whether it's reading the book, whether it's working with the Paradis Group to come into your community and, and educate families on the need for this skill, or if it's another company, I just really want to empower all of your listeners that we can truly make a difference in our communities and, and keep our communities and our families safe when we are empowered with the tools to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's missing today, and if yeah. you just take a little bit of time, we can make a difference. Brian, again, thank you so much for joining us. We've been a little over on time. I said I would I would keep you, but this is great. As you can tell, this is what we do on a weekly basis. You're welcome back anytime anything comes up. You want to give a few more tips, whatever, you let us know. I'll get you right back on. Again, folks listening, Brian Searcy, S-E-A-R-C-Y. He is a retired U.S. Air Force colonel. And, Brian, we appreciate it very, very much. Thank you for your time, and, and we are indebted to you. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks a lot, John, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry your- Christmas to you, sir. Appreciate it very much. And there you go, folks. That sort of went along with some of what we were talking a little bit about last week. I'll come back and touch on a few things that uh, are in my notes, and he's actually gone on his website as well. For those of you listening one more time, this will be on the website, but it's paradis.group. So it's not paradisgroup.com. It's paradis, P-A-R-A-T-U-S, Paradis.group is the website. We'll be right back. This is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream, even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. Leaves are falling, squirrels are burying their nuts, and pumpkin spice is everywhere. Winter is coming, and you need the assurance that your family has a reliable roof over their heads. Hi, this is Madison Hart. And Elizabeth Hart. Don't want to replace your roof yet? We know just the guy. Call our dad, Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado, and he may be able to save you thousands by adding five years of life to your existing roof with a RoofMax treatment. With a dry roof and a temperature of at least 38 degrees, he can still spray the treatment. 
And it gets better. Because RoofMax is a 100% plant-based product, you can keep your family, pets, and even a squirrel safe. Our dad has helped 95% of his clients avoid a costly replacement. But if your roof needs a replacement, he can do that too. He's just that cool. Need the peace of mind that your roof will hold up through a Colorado winter? Call our dad at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversColorado.com and he will assess your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Imagine what having a $0 per month electricity bill would be like in retirement. As soon as you get solar installed with Alan Davis of Solar Energy Partners, you'll start saving on your power bill. The monthly cost for solar will never increase no matter how much energy you use. Owning solar is like having a net zero power bill that eventually turns into a monthly credit when you finish the monthly payments on the solar panels. What you save can give you extra money each month to use as you see fit. Installing solar used to be cost prohibitive, but not anymore. Just consider the amount of money you shell out every month on your power bill alone. The energy provider profits on that money because it isn't being invested. Investing your payments in solar means that money will actually serve a purpose. When you finish your payments, you won't have to pay for power anymore. Call Alan Davis at Solar Energy Partners now to set up a consultation appointment. 303-378-7537. 303-378-7537 or visit klzradio.com slash sun. Have an older furnace system? Noticing high energy bills, more breakdowns, are some rooms colder than you'd like? Upgrade to a modern high-efficiency furnace and you can reduce your heating usage by 20 to 40%. Less money spent heating your home and more money to spend doing the things that you enjoy most. Mention this ad and receive $250 off your upgrade to a high-efficiency furnace system. Call 720-442-8842 or visit driveradio.com today. That's 720-442-8842 or go to drive-radio.com for absolute electrical Heating and air. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, welcome back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. I'm your host, John Rush. If this is the first time listening, we do this from 2 to 3 on a weekly basis on Fridays. And this is a replay that you're listening to. Thank you very much. We appreciate that as well. This is today, December the 16th, about 2.30 in the afternoon. And, yeah, we just had a fairly large snowstorm that went through the eastern, northeastern section of Colorado. In fact, I've got folks I know, Nova Sterling, actually talked to them this morning. And uh, there are still a lot of roads that are closed out in Nebraska and 
uh, Colorado. And in, in that particular case, it's really hampering people getting around and so on. And in some cases, these people have been inside for quite some time. So anyways, um, these things happen. I talked a little bit about that last week, the fact that that storm might be coming. And, of course, it did. It showed up. And it's one of those things that, again, we try to keep everybody prepared on no matter what. So, yeah, that's something that we talked about last week. I'll get into that in a little bit more here in a moment. In the meantime, also, Stack Optical. I know I talk about Stack a lot and a great sponsor of ours, by the way. And as I told you guys uh, here, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, it's been about a month, actually. I went in, had my eye exam, uh, ordered some glasses. And, and then, you know, once the glasses came in, I ordered sunglasses with changeable lenses that have prescription lenses where if I'm not wearing contacts, I can wear them. I got lenses even that help me plow snow and, and see better in that particular uh, circumstance when it's, you know, dark out and it's snowing and so on. Uh, again, Alan can tailor whatever you need to do vision-wise to whatever it is you're doing. And it doesn't matter whether you're sitting in front of a computer screen all day or you're an outdoorsman or you do a little bit of both or you, you know, like me, you tend to work on cars and you're up underneath the dash at times and you need, you know, maybe you're a person that wears bifocals or trifocals even and you need all those different um, magnifications, I should say, in different places in the lens. Keep in mind... Alan can design the lens to do whatever it is you're doing and has even got some of this stuff, you know, sort of quote unquote off the shelf to where he's already been through some of these things to where if you're somebody that, you know, shoots with a scope and does open sights also at the same time and you want a, a pair of glasses that will do that, he can get you all fixed up. Just go see him. Uh, I cannot express enough as to the level of treatment and the things that you will find at Stack Optical. Those are the kind of partners that we have. 303 321 one five seven eight. Don't don't forget. You can always go to ready radiocom So ready radiocom You can find Alan there as well, along with all of the other weekend programs that I have. Fix It Radio, Drive Radio, and so on. He's listed there as well. But our last guest, Brian Searcy. Again, he was retired U.S. Air Force Colonel. He's got a website, training courses, all sorts of things that he's doing. Right along with what you know we do here at Ready Radio. It's Paradis. Dot group And one of the things that's in my list of things that we didn't get a chance to talk to, and I, and I only had him for one segment, otherwise I would have kept him a little longer. But again, some of the things that we forget about, and during the break there, I actually downloaded on Audible the book that he talked about, uh, Total Power. I will listen to that here in this next week as well and bring you, bring you guys back some of what that book talks about. And again, nobody knows exactly What's going to happen if we have any kind of a total power grid breakdown coast to coast? There's been lots of books. I shouldn't say lots. There's been several books written on what people could foresee happening. And I, I'll, I'll just say this. I think some of them are way too kind. Brian even talked about a moment ago how in total power it takes you know, several months for everything to really go haywire. No, it, it isn't going to take that long. Sorry. I'll, again, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to the book on my way back and forth to the station here in this next week and see if I can't get it finished and let you know what it says. But, um, folks, a lot of you even listening right now, if you didn't have one of your medications and you ran out, what happens? And, folks, I think that's one of the first things 
a lot of people in the preparedness world even forget about. Oh, I, I need blood pressure medicine. Okay, well, how much? How often? What's it for? Can you, can you function without it? Are you diabetic? Do you need insulin on a routine basis? If that's the case, how's that going to work? When, when it's not manufactured any longer because the power grid has collapsed and there's no way to make it, how, how do you survive? How much do you have on hand? How long will it last even on hand? He's, by the way, I'm not diabetic, so I can't answer these questions. I don't know. It doesn't have a you know, forever shelf life. Now, one thing we learned from uh, Dr. Syed Hayter, he's been on with us before. I should have him back, by the way. It'll be a reminder. I'll get him back first of the year here. He has a website, and it's on our website, ready-radio. He has the ability to help you stock up on certain medications. Not all, but on certain medications antibiotics, things along those lines, some of the more common things. And for some, it would be worth having some inventory of those types of items around. Some medications, you're just going to have to figure out a way to stock up on your own. How do you do that? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very fortunate. At least I feel very fortunate. I don't have to live on anything, any meds to live each day. I'm very lucky that way. Occasionally I'll take, you know, some cold meds if you get a cold or, you know, some Tylenol for some aches and pains or something along those lines. But all in all, I, I'm not a guy that has to have any kind of medication to survive on a daily basis. I'm very, and I understand, I'm very lucky. I get that. There is a lot of individuals my age, I'm 58, that rely on some sort of a daily or weekly medication to function, I, I'm very fortunate that I don't have to do any of that. And believe me, I, I, I need to remind myself of that occasionally. If you are someone, though, that requires certain meds to live on, I would highly, highly, highly recommend you do whatever you can to stock up on that. Now, the one thing we learned from Dr. Syed is as long as a package of medicine is airtight and has not broken the seal and it hasn't been opened, it's got a very long shelf life. Now, I'm not talking about some of the liquid meds like insulin and so on, but I'm talking, you know, pills, antibiotics and the like. His comment to us, I'm just repeating it because I don't know this for sure. I'm just going off of what he told us. He's the doctor. I'm not. But he told us antibiotics unopened, sealed in a package, he said, Charlie, something around 20 years, I want to say, I think is what he told us, about 20 years, shelf life. Now, some of you won't need them that long, but point being, if you've got the ability to stock up on those sorts of items, you should. I, I like what Brian said a few minutes ago about the core things that he has for his family, which I also have as well. Meds, food. The ability to cook without any kind of electricity or anything along those lines. How would you do that? You know, do you have the ability to fire up a camp stove? You know, the old white gas or propane camp stoves. What do you have? What, what, can you, what could you cook on if you had nothing for electricity? Or do you have a small generator you could potentially run? Keep in mind, depending upon that situation. Now, if it's a local thing, like, you know, like with a power outage or even the storm we just had, okay, gas will come back, electricity will come back. You're not going to have to do that forever. If the entire grid goes down, though, how are you self-sufficient? How's it going to work for you? Now, Alan Davis, Solar Energy Partners, who's one of our partners here, 
He has the ability, and I'm checking into this, so I'll know more about it as we get a little further down the road, but he has the ability to offset your power grid off-grid, I should say, support you off-grid. Power goes out, you're now off-grid. You've got these solar panels on the roof, and a lot of folks that have solar have a misconception. They think, oh, I've got solar, I'm good no matter what. These things will power things up, and I'll be just fine. No. Not unless you have some sort of a backup system that's been installed. When the grid goes down, your solar is doing nothing because it shuts it off. The grid itself cannot have power going back into it when things are shut down because that's how workers get killed. So they don't allow you to do that. Once the power goes off, that power from the solar panels is not going anywhere unless you've got some sort of a backup system that has been installed in your home, you will not get any power out of those panels. Now, that can be done. It's an additional cost. Depending upon the size of roof you have and the amount of electricity that you use and so on, you may find that you can still put all of that in, including the backup system for what you're paying now for electricity, especially with the costs that have gone up. And if any of you haven't looked at your bills lately, I would highly suggest you do. They are going up. I I looked at mine today. They are all going up. I'm seeing all sorts of different posts, even on the different neighborhood network groups that I'm a part of. Everyone is complaining about the price of gas and electricity, natural gas and electricity, the fact that it's gone up. So, again, I go back to how do you survive off-grid, Alan Davis, Solar Energy Partners. Again, you can find him on our website, ready-radio.com. And they have the ability to where you could have battery packs and that solar would charge that. You then run off the battery pack when there's, you know, it runs off solar when it's not charging the battery pack and the sun's shining like it is at the moment. But at night or with a storm, cloud cover, what have you, you would then run off the battery pack. And again, they can size that to whatever your need happens to be. If you want to run the entire house, fine. If you want to run run a portion of it, fine. You can do it however you'd like to do it. So these are things that you can look into. We've got resources available for you. Uh, When I come back, I'll talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, when people are not prepared, there's panic, rioting, violence, essentially, it's a total breakdown of society. And that's where I think a lot of the books have it wrong, even on how long it takes to get there. And I know that might vary from place to place in the United States of America, but I'll come back. We'll get into that here in a moment. All of our great sponsors, again, if you use any of them, please mention Ready Radio. That helps me. It helps them. Helps you as well. You become a part of the family when you do that. So listen to these ads. We'll come right back. This is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases, an indoor shop to perform the calibration. 
calibrations. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Auto Glass. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Have an older furnace system? Noticing high energy bills, more breakdowns, are some rooms colder than you'd like? Upgrade to a modern high-efficiency furnace and you can reduce your heating usage by 20 to 40%. Less money spent heating your home and more money to spend doing the things that you enjoy most. Mention this ad and receive $250 off your upgrade to a high-efficiency furnace system. Call 720-442-8842 or visit driveradio.com today. That's 720-442-8842 or go to drive-radio.com for absolute electrical Heating and air. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Leaves are falling, squirrels are burying their nuts, and pumpkin spice is everywhere. Winter is coming, and you need the assurance that your family has a reliable roof over their heads. Hi, this is Madison Hart. And Elizabeth Hart. Don't want to replace your roof yet? We know just the guy. Call our dad, Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado, and he may be able to save you thousands by adding five years of life to your existing roof with a RoofMax treatment. With a dry roof and a temperature of at least 38 degrees, he can still spray the treatment. And it gets better. Because RoofMax is a 100% plant-based product, you can keep your family, pets, and even a squirrel safe. Our dad has helped 95% of his clients avoid a costly replacement. But if your roof needs a replacement, he can do that too. He's just that cool. Need the peace of mind that your roof will hold up through a Colorado winter? Call our dad at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversColorado.com and he will assess your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site 
site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. All right, and I just got a question, too, when it comes to generators and backups and things like that. And, and what I will do along those lines, too, folks, is uh, I'll work with Alan here in the next few weeks and see if I can't get him on and go through some of the options that are out there because they can work with uh, all of the different providers and, and how that actually works when it comes to backup power and so on. And, and there's three different ways, of course. Well, four different ways, I should say, of doing that. You can have what they call the... The battery walls, the battery backups. Several different companies make those. Tesla was kind of the innovator of that, but there's different companies now, power walls they're called, and different companies are making those besides Tesla. And depending upon the size of home and how much you know backup you need and so on, you put those on the wall. Literally, they mount right to the wall of the garage, typically, or the basement. And those are charged by the solar panels. And then when you go off grid and you need that power, you just run off the batteries for X amount of time until the solar panels charge those back up or the grid comes back on. So that's option one. Option two, you can have that and a regular backup generator if needed. And typically those would run on either diesel, gasoline, which I would not recommend, natural gas, or propane, depending upon your situation where you live and so on. Keep in mind, if natural gas, we have a huge you know, power outage you know, nationwide and the grid is down, you're going to have some natural gas that gets delivered and some that probably won't because keep in mind, it's pumped and pressurized. And I'm not an expert when it comes to the pipelines and natural gas and how that works, but I, I believe they are upped in pressure at different times i know i know for a fact that that the way the grid works as far as the natural gas is concerned is you know we we put the smelly gas into the or maybe it's not a gas the smelly additives probably the best way i should say it i, I never can say that name work something is how you say that I, I'll, I i'll screw it up but anyways we put in the smelly stuff so you can smell what the gas is like otherwise there's no smell to it natural gas has no smell everybody thinks it does that's what's been added and that's added, you know, along the line in the distribution side of things, which, again, yeah, it smells like rotten eggs. Thank you, Charlie. Sulfur rotten egg smell. That's exactly right. So you know that that's what it smells like. So point being, I don't know that you would want to rely totally on a natural gas generator if you are off grid, because if things go completely down when it comes to the electric grid, you may not have natural gas for a Extended period of time. Depends. That part, I don't know. That's one I'm going to have to do more research on. Propane, you'll have whatever you have in your tank and or whatever somebody else has that they could potentially deliver to you and put back in your tank. But that depends on how much you have. Some people have a separate propane tank that just runs the generator itself in case you go off grid. Others have a three-way where they can run natural gas, propane, or diesel. Just depends on the setup you've got and how you want to do it. The battery pack is pretty self-sufficient, but it's also one of the most expensive options. I do know that from Alan Davis and what we've had as far as conversations go. So it's your most expensive option. It's also the most reliable. I know that sounds weird, but yes, it would be the most reliable because you're not relying on any kind of an outside fuel source 
to supply the fuel necessary to run a generator. Now, I say all that to say this. If we have some sort of a large-scale outage, coast-to-coast, as I said earlier, bedlam will ensue, guaranteed. I, personally, unless you've got a pretty fortified house where you can make sure no one's going to come and break in and take all of your belongings and take over your house, I would be extremely careful how many lights I were to run in my house when it's dark, if something like what I just said were to happen. Why? Because you're going to be a target. If you've got power and no one else does, you better have some sort of plan of action with family, friends, neighbors, whatever the case may be, because if you've got power and no one else has, you're a sitting duck. Again, these are the things, folks, that I'm not sure everybody thinks through on the front side. Now, if you live kind of off by yourself and you've got the ability to, you know, arm yourself, protect yourself, you know, fend off anybody that might happen to show up, that's a different situation. Not very many people live in that situation, by the way, not not in the metro areas like we have here. So while a lot of you have done the generator backup and all that, which, by the way, in a snowstorm like what we've just had up north, out east, I should say, north and east, if, if, you know, if that were the case and you've got power, great. Good job. I'm talking more of that end-of-the-world scenario where if everything goes down, the entire grid is down, and you're one of the few people with power, you at that point are a sitting duck. I, I would be very careful what I turned on. In fact, again, you're probably going to want some flashlights, lanterns, things like that, to where it looks like you're using those instead of regular electricity to even power lights and things like that. So you're going to minimize your usage of electricity in that case just because you don't want everybody knowing what you've got. Again, if you live out and about and you're by yourself and you live in the mountains or the foothills and you've got the ability to protect yourself, that's a little different situation. But again, I remind everybody, not everybody has that. And again, this is not to scare anybody. It goes back to what I was talking about earlier with our guest. This is so you're prepared. The more prepared you are, the less scared you are when there's an event like this that happens because you've thought through all of this. So there's three little things here that, actually four things, that were in my notes from Brian that I want to go ahead and mention. This is a good one, the first one. For the next 90 days or three months, when you are out and about... Put your phone away and pay attention to your surroundings. Learn what normal looks like. So that's number one on our list. For the next 90 days, when you're out and about, put the phone away, pay attention to your surroundings, learn what normal looks like. Then, learn when something is not normal or is out of the ordinary. And you'll be prepared to do something about it. So in other words, learn what normal is and then learn how to view those things that aren't normal when something's going on. As we said earlier with Brian, spend 30 to 45 seconds, which for a lot of folks, that's an eternity. For me here, it's not because I know how long commercial spots are and so on. But, you know, when you're sitting in front of the microwave trying to boil water and you're watching a couple of minutes click off, it seems like an eternity. 
but 30 to 45 seconds every time you enter a new environment to predict what you might do in different situations and think of those possible actions. You heard Brian talk about a moment ago. Where are the exits when you first walk in? Is there a back door to the restaurant you just walked into? Or is it the front door only? Where where is the server going to seat you? If you're the man of the family, where are you sitting? Is your back to the door or is it to the front of the door? And, And again, there's all sorts of schools of thought on that. I'm one where I want to see the door. I know a lot of people would would argue that, and they don't want to see the door. They want to be more obscure. But no, I want to see the door. Is there a back door to the restaurant? Can you see it? Do you know where it is? Can you make it there? If something were to happen, you know, grocery stores, and we've seen a lot of things happen in schools and grocery stores. Where are those exits? Most people have no idea. They think it's the front and the front only. They all have back door exits. Trust me, I've worked enough and done enough work on those types of buildings and so on where there's always a backdoor exit. Where is it? How do you get to it? Where is that in the store? Do you know where it is in the store? You know, how many of you have been inside of a grocery store and just tried to find the bathroom? If they're not right at the front entrance when you walk in, good luck. Typically, though, they are by where this exit I'm talking about is. That's So if you kind of know where the restrooms are at the back of the store that's typically going to be near an exit not always you need to double check that and make sure but it's possible there's an exit nearby you'd have to double check to make sure though the last thing that he's got on my list here is prepare yourself to be able to make decisions and act and again these are things that in your mind the more you repeat it the easier it becomes to make these things happen. It's repetition, doing it over and over and over again. It's not even the memory muscle side of it. It's what will you do in your mind if something like that were to take place. So just so you know, these are things that, that you know, again, we talked to Brian earlier. He's our retired Air Force colonel. And I'll give out his website one more time where you can go there if you'd like and learn more, take some of the tests and quizzes and things that he's got. It's Paratus.group, and that's spelled P A R. A-T-U-S, and he recommend we read the book Total Power, which, by the way, I will do. Again, don't forget all of our great sponsors. You can find each of them at ready-radio.com. Alan Stack, Stack Optical, uh, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, Novus Auto Glass, uh, Colorado Greenhouse Builders, uh, Roof Max or Roof Savers of Colorado. They're all there. They're listed. And by the way, when you use them, please let them know you do. We're going to be right back. Uh, Rush to Reasons coming up next. This is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.